0: All right, there was a pessimist and an optimist, and one day they were taking a walk together. And the pessimist at one point cries out, things just can't get any worse. And the optimist said, yes, they can. (laughs) Some of you need to think about it. You'll catch on. All right. This morning, very quickly, we're just going to continue our series, uh, Shooting Straight, uh, as we move towards baptism. And uh, I've entitled the message this morning, Uh, why change is possible, why change is possible. Lord, I just thank you for just just you being here, Lord. That's the great present. And I just even invite more of you. Wow, there's nothing better than being in your courts. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And Lord, we want to be in your presence because in your presence is life, in your presence is freedom, true freedom. And I ask that uh, you would be mightily present now as we look at your word. That chains truly would be broken. I ask that you fill me from the soles of my feet to the crown of my head. I ask that you would just fill in even this place a greater way, Lord God. Just have your way now in these next several minutes. And I just give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Sin is destructive. Much more destructive than people realize. It's a great, great problem. And we can try to minimize our sin. In fact, we can even try to redefine it as something good. Which is kind of like wearing skunk perfume; doesn't work too well. The truth of the matter is, sin—any sin—violates your design, and it separates you from God. You know, I had a lot of questions about not only just sin, but is it really possible to be victorious? You know, I, my guess is every one of us is thinking right now, "Yeah, I, I have a struggle. I have a struggle." Is it really, really possible to experience victory? And, and a further question was, in what part does the Holy Spirit really play in it? And so I thought very quickly, a, a good scripture to start out with is in Second Peter chapter 1. Skip, can you put it up? By his divine power, by Papa's divine power, the Father's divine power. Now watch this. God has given us, he's speaking to be believers now, born-again believers, everything we need to live a godly, you could just put overcoming life. We have received all this by coming to know Jesus. That's the him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. That's his power. The glory is who he is. And because of his glory and his excellence, he has given us, watch this now, great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruptions caused by human desires that's, that's a powerful set of verses there. But notice human desires. See, that's where most people are. They're stuck in their human desires. They're, they're under the control of your human desire, like lust. I know guys are in such bondage to lust and others to gluttony. They just can't stop eating. They're just eating to make themselves feel better. Other people are just greedy. They just, it's never enough. Just never. Others of us envy. We spend hours and hours on social media, and we just become more and more envious. Others of us are angry and bitter. Do you realize that this is where most of the world lives? They live there. This is why our relationships are not good. This is why, you know, so often we see things just fall apart. This is why we see the world doesn't get along. And this is why so many people are dissatisfied, and they're just disappointed in their lives, and they're even Depressed. Peter, though, tells us, you see, if I'm truly born again, if you're truly born again, then you don't have to live there. You don't live there. Why? Because he says you're given a divine nature, God's nature. Do you know what God's nature is? There's many things. but it, it, it primarily is love. Can you imagine a being walking, living in love, in joy, in holiness, moral purity? That's why we say that God is the happiest being in the universe, See, he wants you, he wants me to live there. He wants us to be the happiest being in the universe. Now, the problem is, is if you're truly born again and you have this divine nature, but you still also have your old nature, right? If, if you're truly born again, you know what I'm trying, and you got this civil war going on, and if all that God gave us was just this divine nature, in other words, the desire to move and live in love and joy and, and holiness... But we still had that this old nature, we would find ourselves a very miserable being. Because, and the reason why I say that is because so often we would find that even though we have the desire for love and holiness and joy, we would find out that greed and lust and envy and these things would would be overwhelming us. And we'd be with Paul, oh, what a miserable man that I am. What a sad place to be. And you know what? None of us, none of us has to live there. The Bible's clear that God has given the believer another very powerful and special gift. We started to look at that last week. That special gift is the Holy Spirit. Paul, in fact, writes this in Romans chapter 8. He says this in verses 5 through 9. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, see, that's your old nature, think about sinful things. So you think about, like, if it's lust, you think about sex, you think about pornography. If, it, if, it, if it's envy, you think about, wow, you think about that person that you're envious. You know, if it's greed, you're thinking about how I can get more. You know, you're thinking about these things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, watch this, think about things that please the Spirit love, moving in joy. How I can be gentle, how I can be faithful. So letting your sinful nature control your thinking leads to death. It separates you from God. And you experience that emptiness and that depression and and that darkness. But letting the spirit control your thinking, mind leads to, isn't that wonderful? Life and peace. Don't you want to be there? For the sinful nature, my old desires, lust, greed, envy, all of those things, pride is always, not not sometimes, always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That is why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature, their base desires, lust and greed and envy and anger and bitterness, etc., can never please God. But watch, but you, he's speaking now to born-again believers, but you are not... You are not controlled by that nature. You are controlled by the Holy Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember, those who do not have the Spirit of the living God in them do not belong to him at all. That's our incredible set of verses. Paul's telling us two things here. The first thing that he's telling us is that if you are truly a born-again believer, then you have the Spirit of God indwelling you. That was a question, by the way. What is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? The indwelling of the Holy Spirit means that the Holy Spirit now lives in you. So when you become born again, the Spirit of God comes to live inside you. Can you imagine that? The Spirit of God living inside of you. That's the first thing. So if you're truly born again, you have the Spirit of God. The second thing, though, that Paul tells us is that every true believer not only has the divine nature, but has the Holy Spirit empowering that nature so that we can move in love, that we can experience joy that we can experience these kinds of things, that we can truly be holy, and we are not to be controlled by our sinful nature, our sinful desires. Not at all. We are not to live defeated lives. Did you know that? You are not to live a defeated life. I am not to live a defeated life. In fact, John puts it this way in First John chapter 3. Watch this now. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you. Don't let anyone fool you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. So the devil, since the beginning, has been living in sin. He's been living in rebellion. He's been focused on himself. He wanted to become his own God. But the Son of God, that's Jesus, came to destroy the works of the devil. Do you understand that Jesus came not only to forgive you your sin, but to destroy sin and to destroy rebellion in our lives? Watch this now. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life, that's the divine nature, that's the Holy Spirit, is in them. Watch this. So they can't keep on sinning. They can't keep on being defeated because they are children of God. So now we can tell those who are the children of God and those who are the children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Wow. I mean, I, I, I don't think John could get any clearer than that. Now, what I'm going to say next is probably going to make some people unhappy. But you have to understand, my goal is not to make anybody happy here, but it is my goal to tell you the truth. And, you know, I have seen dealing with American Christians, I hear people say, well, you know, um, I I came to Jesus. I I gave my heart to Jesus when I was five or I was seven or I was nine or I was 10 or 12, maybe 15. You 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 put the age on it. But you know what? I I just kind of... Don't really have anything to do with it. I'm shacking I'm up with someone right now. You know, I, I really don't read the Bible. I don't, I don't go to church because well, well, you, you, you don't need to be church to go to get saved. I hear that over and over. You know, and, 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 and I know it's, it's, it's probably not right, but, but I, I'm really born again and I'm good. And you know what I say? You're an embarrassment. You're an embarrassment. And quite honestly, you're giving Jesus a black eye. Do you understand that? You are giving Jesus a black eye. Because in no way, shape, or form can you honestly say that you are truly born again and you are doing those kinds of things. You know, Chuck Swindoll, I know a lot of people listen to Chuck Swindoll, and that's fine. And and, and Swindoll made an, an incredible statement one time. He said, you know what? And he understood these set of verses. He said, I want you to understand something, because he had a suburban church. So there was a lot of carnality and lukewarmness. And he goes, let me tell you something. If you are truly a Christian, if you're really born again, then he goes, sin for the believer is temporary insanity. Sin for... For the believer is temporary insanity. It is not a way of life. And he said, if it is a way of life, if that's what you think about doing and whatnot, count yourself not a Christian. You know, I've been a pastor over 30 years, and it deeply, deeply wounds me. By the way, when I hear people that, I, that I'm supposedly a shepherd over, and, and they're involved in sin and carnality, and it breaks my heart. You know, you got to understand, it breaks my heart to just hear that people are living in a defeated fashion. You know, I was asked this question. What is the condition of a believer who is not walking in the Spirit? Short answer, tragic. Next question, is it possible not to walk in God's Spirit, yet have Jesus as your Lord? Answer, short one, no. No, it's not. And I gotta move to the challenge because we have a baptism. I wish we had more time here. But 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 here's the challenge. I want you I, I want you to know that if you're truly born again, then you have every ability to walk in victory. You have every single ability to be an overcoming and walk in victory. And I just wanna look, I just wanna look at Ephesians five, eighteen. We just conclude with this very quickly. This is a critical verse in the New Testament. Do not be drunk with wine. Why? Because it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. We all know what a DUI is, don't we? Driving under the influence. What happens when you get a DUI? It means you are under the influence of alcohol, and you just write stupid on your forehead because you drive stupidly, right? Let me ask you a question. What influence is driving your life right now? Seriously. And there are only two. Paul tells us, Paul tells us here either you're under the influence of wine. He's not just talking about wine, he's talking about worldliness. He's talking about your old desires. What's really driving your life? Is it worldliness? Is it fame? Is it popularity? See, this is all world. Is it money? Is it just having a nice, comfortable life? Seriously, is it your work? Is, is, is it your degree? You know, people know you. Is it what, what is driving your life? It's either that influence or Paul says, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Someone asked me, what does it mean? See, there's the indwelling, so I have the Holy Spirit. I'm born again. I have the Spirit in me. But that doesn't mean that I'm filled with the Spirit. Did you know that? Filled means to be controlled. And when he says, be filled, that's not a suggestion. That's a commandment. That's an imperative. Paul says, Frank, you need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. So it's something that I have to do. If you're a believer, you have to do it. You know what else it is? It's in the present tense. See, the Greek does matter. And what that means is, is that I continually need to cry out and say, Holy Spirit, control me. Control me in this. I find myself in a situation. Control me. Let's just take one real quick example. we got to get out of here. we got to go to the baptisms. But listen to this. So husband and wife, they have a fight. You know. By the way, what do, what do husbands and wives fight about? What are the three top things anybody know? Okay, okay. It's, we got to have interpretation here. All right. Money, number one. Number two is sex. Number three is parenting if you have kids. So let's go with the sex one. So the wife goes one day, you know, all you want is sex, sex, sex. You need to clean up your mind. I'm giving you an actual scenario here. Now, how do you think the average husband's going to respond to that? He's probably going to be wounded, right? And He's going to be hurt and he's going to go, you know what? Your problem is you're a cold fish and you never did make me happy. Now, how would you like to do some counseling? <laughs> you, you, I mean, seriously, this is real stuff. This is, this is rubber meets the road. Now, do you think that that conversation is going to continue in a positive fashion from there? No, it's, it's going to go down. What if the spiritual leader of the household, the man, said, Holy Spirit, <laughs> uh, this hurts. I need you to fill me right now. I need you to control me right now. It's possible to do this because it is possible. You know what will happen? Here's what the husband will say. He'll say, you know, honey, I am so sorry that I didn't make you feel loved and cherished, but instead, obviously, I've made you feel like some sort of object, and and I really deeply apologize for that. And I'm just trying to let you know, honey, that as a man, you know, intimacy is really important. It makes me feel respected, which is, 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 is what's important to me as a man. It makes me feel as a man, and I, and I just want you to know that. Now, imagine the husband did that. What do you think would happen with that discussion? I guarantee you it would go this way, upwards. That's what happens when we're controlled. That's how important it is to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. I could say so much more. You have the greatest two tools within you if you're born again to be victorious. You don't have to live in defeat anymore. You can live in victory, and your relationship can begin to live in tremendous victory by being controlled by the Holy Spirit. You know, I want to end with this, and then we're moving to the baptism. Samuel Chadwick, great Puritan divine, once wrote this about the Holy Spirit. "Spirit Spirit-filled souls are ablaze for God. They love with a love that glows. They serve with a faith that kindles. They serve with a devotion that consumes. They hate sin with a fierceness that burns. They rejoice with a joy that radiates. Love is perfected in the Holy Spirit of God.